With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to episode 20 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast on NJ.com. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, and we'll be with you all throughout this preseason as we move towards the third game with the Giants and Jets uh, coming up. And the regular season not too far away. Two preseason games in the books. Basically, the training camp part of training camp is over, and Tom Coughlin said, now they prepare for this third game as a game, but a lot to talk about here. Unfortunately, um, some difficult things to talk about with injuries. We'll get into all of this coming up, and we'll get to some of your Twitter and Facebook questions as well. Uh, joining me as we have every week, our Giants beat writers, James, how are you, bud? Excellent, Joe. How are you? I'm doing well. And Jordan, how are you? Good. What's going on, Joe? Good to well, be back. Yeah, for good to be back. One. A lot to talk about, unfortunately, for the Giants and for Giants fans out there. Uh, too much negative to talk about when it comes to the injuries. That was the theme again on Friday night, uh, a Saturday night against the Jaguars. Uh, out there, the Giants go. They win the game. But, that, I mean, that's not the story. The game isn't the story as much as losing Bennett Jackson, who was probably going to play a role this year at safety. Uh, that's a serious injury. Out for Maybe nickel cornerback, too. I mean, uh, that was a possibility. Right. And also, spots. John Beeson. That one doesn't seem as serious. But, again, Beeson um, hit with an injury. I mean, just as an overview, this seems like such a theme. Every week we talk about it. Every week Tom Coughlin has to go into that press conference after the game, Jordan, and, and talk about major injuries. Yeah, I mean, look, it's football. Everyone has major injuries, but the Giants are having injuries at rates that are just uh, not comparable to the rest of the league at this point. I mean, I think 14 players didn't play. There's another three that are basically already out for the season. Uh Actually, two. I'm counting JPP, but uh, he, you know, that's essentially an injury too. Obviously, away from the field, nothing they can do. But yeah, and then another five there. So there's like 22 guys that are essentially on this list of guys that are affected by injuries so far. Heck, it's only mid-August. I mean, it, it, it's pretty crazy. You, you just gotta. They need to find some sort of answer to keep guys healthy. I mean, look, the soft tissue injuries are the ones that are that sort of plague them. But hey. Tremaine McBride had a hamstring injury. They had, uh, Nat Burhe had a calf injury. Now Victor Cruz has a calf injury. These are things that are avoidable, uh, that teams have been able to avoid uh, for the most part with the, the advancement of sports science and uh, the GPS and all this other stuff that's out there. So it's something the Giants are just need to, they need to get a hold of. They need to get control of this situation before it. I mean, I'll say I almost said before it spirals out of control, but I'll you almost think it already did spiral out of control. It feels like that. I mean, it certainly does. And, and you know, when Coughlin spoke after the game, it just it felt like that's where we're at with this. And 
James Jordan just mentioned that this is you know, some of this is avoidable, some of it isn't. But when it comes to Bennett Jackson, that wasn't soft tissue. This was an ACL. This was uh, you know freak injury. It happens to a lot of players. Just happened to you know Jordy Nelson, uh, and they're going to confirm that. And and we heard on Sunday night that the latest was that it probably was an ACL for Jordy Nelson. Uh, we'll find out exactly as we go along here how long he's going to be out. But ACLs, it's just difficult no matter what you do. But James, when it comes to Bennett Jackson, he's a guy that was probably going to play, as we're talking about, and yet he's out there in the fourth quarter. Uh, did, were you surprised he was out there even before he got hurt? And then when he did, how did you react to the fact that a, a guy that we're going to count on a little bit here was playing in the fourth quarter of the second preseason game? You know, obviously when he's out there in the fourth quarter and he gets rolled up, the initial, you know, hindsight being 2020 is, you know, what the heck was he doing out there? Um I can see both sides. You know, Tom Coughlin said yesterday, you know, not only is Bennett Jackson a guy who's making a transition to safety and, you know, he needs experience and reps, but they didn't really have – they had, I don't know, what, four healthy safeties in uniform by the, by the time he got hurt. But at the same token, you know, Bennett Jackson is a guy who – we don't know what his exact role was going to be, but we knew he was going to have a role with this team. So at that point, I can I sort of see the logic of, you know, why is he out there? But I also can see what Coffin was saying about we only had so many guys and he needs the experience anyway. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not buying that, and here's why I don't buy that. I mean, the plan wasn't for him to play in the first place. Those were Justin Curry's reps that he was taking. So it wasn't like, oh, we need to get him experience. He's going to play the fourth quarter. No, that was never the plan until the, the plan got, you know, thrown up in the air. They have a guy on the roster, uh, Justin Halley. He's been here now for, what, two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. If he's there, he's there to, you know, to play and take snaps and reps. There was no reason for him, in my opinion, not to be the guy out there on the field in the fourth quarter because, A, Bennett Jackson was a guy who started. He played the second – I think at the time he might even played the most reps out of anybody at the time he was injured. Mm-hmm. That's very close between him and Trevor Wade. So he had gotten a good amount of work in. I mean, he didn't need to be out there for the fourth quarter – he was a guy. He's the only first team guy who's out there working in the fourth. Who started at the first team that day and was out there in the fourth quarter. So to me, unnecessary. I just, I just, I just don't see it. I, I look. I'm not sure he was going to be a starter. I'm not sure what kind of role he was going to play. But he definitely was in the mix for that role. And now, you know, they're without him, and it's at a position A that's a troublesome position from day one. Even in the off season, you know, Tom Coughlin admitted it as far back as the league meetings were what March. Um, and now, it, with all the injuries, it's become even more troublesome. And they've been picking guys off the street left and right, and they're going to be we're going going in that direction again. So, to me, it was just completely unnecessary. The plan was to never play him in the fourth quarter. Uh, the plan when the game started was not to play him in the fourth quarter. So to say he needed the reps and they wanted to get him the reps, I'm just not buying that side of it. Yeah, it's a difficult one. I mean, if you're down bodies, you have to put someone out there, I suppose. But at the same time, to risk a player you might need when you're, like you're saying, Jordan, they have very little depth there anyway. I mean, they exited the game on on Saturday night with Miles, Merriweather, and Haley as your healthy safeties. I mean, imagine if we had this set- about those. Let me just say this about those three guys, all right? Two of them, all, no, all three of them were signed by this team in the last six weeks, okay? They were not, not one of them was on the, not one of those three guys was on the team in, in minicamp or OTAs. It tells you everything you have to know right there. I mean, it absolutely tells you everything you have to know because, I mean, they are just kind of making this up as they go along at safety. Um, now, the, the guys coming back as far as this coming week or soon, I mean, where are we with that, James, you know, after the game on Saturday compared to maybe where they'll be in a week or so? Are they going to get a little healthy here at safety? Yeah, I mean, Coughlin said yesterday that it sounds like they expect Nat Burhey and Landon Collins to start practicing full, 
you know, on Tuesday. Um, we're taping this on a Monday when they get back from their day off. And, and they also hope that Cooper Taylor is back. You know, he's sort of had that toe injury that, you know, cost him last season, bother him again. So they are, in a sense, getting healthy. But every time we think this, they're getting healthy at safety, they play another preseason game, and something like what happens on Saturday night happens. So there's only so much you can say about, oh, we're getting healthy. Right, there is. I mean, if you keep losing guys, then it's just kind of a, an you know, awkward circle where you're not really getting healthy. You're just bringing some guys in. Then you lose other guys. And this has been a problem really around the NFL the first two weeks. I feel like there's been a ton of major injuries, guys going down. Um, from your perspective, Jordan, I mean, you've been around the NFL and covering the Giants here for a few years, but covering the NFL at, as a whole for a while now. I mean, do you think we're going to reach a tipping point here, whether it is an 18-game regular season or just uh, in general to reduce the preseason because of all these injuries, or is this just you know part of every summer? Uh, you know, this is just part of the summer. I mean, this is football. This I don't, I don't think this can be avoided. You know, we're looking at all these injuries. To be honest with you, I, I know some of them have come in the game, but I, more of them come in practice. So uh, it's it's just unavoidable, in my opinion. Look, they could find a way to minimize them, maybe limit them a little bit, but uh, I don't. I don't know the right answer to that and, and how they're going to get to that. Uh, I, I just can't see a point where they're going to – players are going to agree to play more regular season games. Uh, the season's already so long. I, it's hard for me to see that at this point. Uh, but I do think that the, 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 the preseason is going to have to be cut down some way, shape, or form. I think it is, too. Uh, and in a way, you know, these teams might start doing it themselves. I mean, James, can you see a scenario, maybe not with the Giants, because Tom Coughlin has said before on record that he needs these games to evaluate these players because he doesn't get as much practice time as he used to back in the day. But, I mean, could you see a scenario where, I mean, starters on these teams, even in the second and third preseason game, just don't play much at all because it's just not worth the risk of injury? Oh, definitely. I mean, if you think about it, obviously the, the kind of – Conventional wisdom is the third preseason game is sort of the dress rehearsal for the regular season, but the fourth preseason game, you know, is just it's what starters playing for a series. You basically you've already made one cut. You know, there's not much to be decided. So I don't think you're ever going to see an 18 game regular season, but they could find a way to maybe cut one preseason game. I, I mean, listen, it's money. They're making money off these preseason games. That's what that's the reason why we have four of them. But you know, or you know, maybe. We see, like, you know, like family, the Jets had family day at Hofstra. Maybe these teams come up with some inventive way to kind of turn the preseason game or one of them into, you know, more of a, a practice setting than it is necessarily a game. Yeah, that could be an option. I mean, at some point here, you, you figure someone would try to come up with something different. Comes down to money. All comes right, down. it does. It always seems to, Jordan. I mean, they get four, you know, each team gets two home preseason games and they're sold out and they're, even though there's not full people in the stands for sure, but it's you know it's sold out and they make those they make that money and they collect that's free easy money for them. So uh, you know to get the league to switch on that, we'll see. You know, that's not going to be an easy thing to give up those uh, those paydays. Yeah, no, I mean there's not going to be any changes to the preseason until they find a way to make more money off the change. When it comes to the injuries here for the Giants, guys, obviously the safety position is the one that's just glaring because it just seems guys, guys are going down dropping like flies. But once again, this is a theme here for his whole career, the Giants especially, um, John Beeson is injured again. Now a sprained knee week to week for him. Uh, they're saying and hoping he's going to be out there 
September 13th, a couple Sundays from now, in Dallas for the regular season opener on Sunday Night Football. When, Jordan, when it comes to John Beeson, I mean, could Giants fans, you know, realistically really think of him as a full-time player for them, considering he just never stays healthy? Well, here's the deal with John Beeson. The Giants re-signed uh, – they didn't re-sign him, sorry. They picked up uh, – he had, like, an option, Jameel McLean, where they basically by a certain date he was going to get a, a, a bonus – uh, I think it was an extra set. You know, it was basically his his salary was going to go up to two and a half million dollars. I believe it, the number is, uh, and they they picked, they let it go and and they wanted to pick it up because he, he he reached a playing time incentive last year, so his salary went up, and he's getting paid a lot of money for a backup linebacker, and he's really getting paid. And this is with the Giants thinking. And Tom Coughlin admitted this yesterday. I mean, I brought it up, and he said, you know, you sort of said everything already. They viewed him as like a one B, their one B middle linebacker because you had to have a contingency plan like that with John Beeson. So he's their one B middle linebacker, and uh, that's the reason that Jameel McLean is here because you can't trust John Beeson that he's going to play 16 games in a, in a regular season. He just hasn't done it enough regularly in his career, and especially the last few years. So uh, the Giants have Jameel McLean here for that reason. Now I don't know if Jameel McLean is the real answer. If you have to do 12 games with Jameel McLean, I, I don't think that's you know, that's not going to end too well, but, you know, he's a guy who could come in as a veteran and be okay for you for three or four, two, three, four games if you have to. So I think that's the thinking, and that's been the thinking all along because of uh, what John Beeson's history is. So they're trying to protect themselves, obviously. That's what the McLean thing was, trying to protect themselves to, like you're saying there, Jordan, the, you know, just what it is with John Beeson. You know, he's an injury-prone player. Um, when you look at the Giants defensively, I mean, there were questions coming into this camp. Through two games, through the camp so far, um, injuries aside, have the Giants defensively made you feel better about their, where they were, just from the guys that are still healthy right now? Because, you know, there's a lot of guys injured. But from the guys that are healthy right now, do you feel better, James, uh, with the Giants defense now compared to when you first walked into camp, or do you feel worse? Uh, I would, about the same. I mean, look, the defense has not played very well in the first two preseason games. You know, every four, time the, four drives against starting quarterbacks, four scores they've allowed. Well, there you go. And and Blake Bortles. I mean, Blake, Blake Bortles, Bortles and Andy, Andy Dalton. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I know that. I just I think that you. It's about what I've expected. They they haven't looked very strong. I mean, the defensive line I guess has been a little bit better than I would have assumed, but they're not you know world beaters by any sense, and you know. Linebacker on back, it's it's big question mark. All right, well, the other side of the ball, the offense, that we all know, we all knew coming into camp here was going to be, have to be the strength of this team. and going to have to be, if this if the Giants are going to be any good, it's good because the offense um, does some really good things for them during the regular season. Everyone, I think, still thinks that's going to happen, but it's been uneven here, especially early on with the starters. Jordan, I mean, offensively, that first drive, against the Jaguars, they just seemed so off, and Eli Manning actually had some time, but he and Odell Beckham, it just they couldn't connect, and Eli really couldn't connect on anything. It didn't happen, but come on. The, 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 there's no reason to panic about this offense just yet. I mean, I w that's the one part where I still feel, look, Odell Beckham's going to make plays. Odell Beckham dropped a, a pass, uh, I'd say like 999 out of 1,000 times he's going to catch that pass. Uh, so, you know, I am just – I'm not going to – I don't sense any reason to be uh, on the on the ledge about this offense right now. Just for me, there's still enough players. Look, Victor Cruz didn't play. Ruben Randall didn't play. I understand they both have injuries. That that does have me a little concerned. But 
There's enough there. I still like the running backs. Uh, not great, but they have running backs, three, three running backs that are NFL, decent NFL players with different skill sets that they could use together. They have a quarterback who can, who we know can play. They have a wide receiver who I, we think is, I think is an absolute stud. Uh, and if they get anything from Victor Cruz of what he used to be, this offense will be just fine. Look, the plays were there to be made. That's why I, I really don't think there's a, a, a reason to be concerned. The plays were there to be made the other day. It just wasn't happening. They're not quite in rhythm. They're not quite there yet. But uh, there were certainly there's plays to be made. I mean, even Larry Donnell, uh, there was opportunities for him over the middle, across the middle. It just it just wasn't clicking. But, you know, they have time. The preseason is not a good indicator often of, of where you stand in the regular season. Now, last year was different. And I think the defense falls into this category this year. Last year, they were installing a new system. So they were still learning on the fly. And that's what you could see last year. Plus, the offensive line was a disaster, uh, which you can argue again it is. But even then, let's just say, you know, all things are equal there. They're not learning a new offense. They are learning a new defense. These guys, the players that are there, are learning a new defense. That is going to take time. That takes time to come together for everyone to get on the same page. And we're seeing that earlier. Plus, when you add the talent side with them, it's a big problem for the defense. And I think that is way bigger concern at this point than the offense. I'd agree with that. And, and Jordan just mentioned there, James, he, the, that there was plays to be made uh, in the game against the Jaguars. They didn't make them, uh, but there were plays mm -hmm. to be made. From my perspective, it looked like the offense First play could have gone for a touchdown, by the way. First play. If that ball... If that cornerback, if it was a little more further out there and a cornerback didn't get his, you know, his fingertip on the ball, Odell Beckham was running down the left sideline. He was. But you're right about that. I mean, there were some plays there, and there were some guys open, like you mentioned, Danelle. And I think a part of that was this week, unlike you know last week with the first game against the Bengals, Eli Manning had some time there. Did you see improvement from that offensive line, James? It seemed to me like Eli was able to step up in the pocket and, and find a receiver. He might not have connected, but at least he had some time this week. Yeah, no, definitely. I thought the offensive line played a lot better um, this past Saturday. Um, I didn't really see any instances where, at least when Manning was in, where there was really much pressure on him. I know Newhouse gave up a sack with the with Nassibin towards the end of the first half, but that looked like it was more of a, maybe a coverage thing. Nassib held onto the ball too long. Um, no, I, I think the offensive line definitely took a step forward. Getting Jeff Schwartz back helps. Um, he didn't have a whole lot of time with the first unit. Uh, sort of say, but uh, I thought they held their own, and you know they have to have, feel a little bit optimistic going into the Jets game about where that line is right now. Let's talk about the line for a little bit. Let's go down the line real quick. Mm -hmm. Where where are we concerned? Where are you concerned, James? Let's go. Left tackle concern level one to ten right now. It's he's a rookie left tackle. I would put it as a four. I think he's played well. You have to go five. I mean, uh, just because. Yeah. Left rookie at left tackle. Do you just you're gonna you're gonna have up and ups and downs even though he has a good yes. left guard. Yeah, I, Justin. I, I'd agree with that. Oh, I mean, right, yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, you have the concerns, but I think the concerns, like we're saying there, it's just because of what he is, a rookie left tackle. But just the player, I think, is if it wasn't for how well he's played and how seemingly that he's picked up everything as quickly as he has, it'd probably be an eight or a nine just because he's a rookie left tackle. But I think his talent puts it right in the same range you guys have, right in the middle. Well, I think it might be an eight or nine if it wasn't for all the other problems around him. So when you put him on a scale of comparing it to everybody else, then you're like, oh, well, uh, they could live with that. But, you know, it's definitely – it would be a bigger concern if 
they didn't have the troubles they have on their right side right now. No, I agree with that. Left guard is the one spot where I actually feel confident about. It. I mean, I, I would I would put Pew at like a, you know, what, what, what was the scale we decided again here? One to ten in regards one, to concern. One to ten. So my concern with Justin Pugh is probably like a two. Uh, you know, uh, he's he's the most solid right now of the, of, of the five, in my opinion. No, I would agree with that. I, I would give him a two. Um, he, he's the leader of this offensive line. That's one thing I can say with complete certainty. He has emerged as the leader of this group. He is that at a young age, and, and they really have no choice but to count on him in that role. I mean, I, there's a lot of pressure on him. If he plays well, it'll be fine, but it, it's interesting because he's a young guy who's coming off of not a great year, but he is the leader. He has to be right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's the uh, the longest, you know, tenured guy out of that starting five on this team. So hey, guess it is what it is. That's part of why they're uh, trying to rebuild an offensive line here. But Richburg, on the other hand, you know, I have him at a three and a half. Joe, I think he'll be. Mu- yeah, I'm I'm right there, three or four. I mean, I think he'll be much better at center. Coughlin, I've heard him say before. I think he just feels so much more comfortable with that kid playing center. He he said he's a center, not a guard. Yeah, and I think that he's he, – it seems like everything's been kind of smooth in terms of communication on the line, and obviously that's all going to start with the center. Um, you know, They might not have blocked, executed well at times this preseason, but they seem to all know what, what direction they're going. Who's next? we got right, right guard. Uh, you know, you want to group uh, right guard as Schwartz and Jerry put together? I, yeah, thought, definitely. I thought Jerry played better uh, on on Saturday, but I mean, obviously they want Schwartz to be that guy, and and he got some, he got a lot of playing time from what I saw. Yeah, I mean Schwartz, I think. I mean uh, Jerry kind of is what he is, I think, and Schwartz is just trying to get healthy, get back up to speed. It was his first action in a a long time. You know, he played six quarters all of last year, so it's his really you know first game action. He missed the first preseason game since. I guess, you know, last year, you know, week, what, 11 or 12 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, he, he's he's trying to get healthy, and he hasn't played significantly for an extended period since last preseason. So my concern between those two guys put together is probably like a, a six and a half, seven. No, I'll, I'll agree with that. I will too. I mean, that that's you know. I think the injury issue there. I mean, to me, if Schwartz is healthy, I think he's a he's going to be fine for them, and he's going to be what they paid for. The concern yeah, it is might not be he, great. He might not be he was, he might not be a great player, but they certainly you know supposed to supposed to be a serviceable, good, decent player, above average player. Yeah, and that's they paid for a good player. They paid for a good offensive lineman, a veteran to supplement all the draft picks they made. So I think he'll be that if he's healthy. You know, I just get concerned with him. It's an if, though. It's a big if. It is. I mean, he's. He's a guy that's been, you know, banged up here, and he had, like you, like we've been saying for weeks, major injuries last year that cost him a lot of games. So if they have to go away from him, you go to Jerry, and then, like you just said, Jordan, a few minutes ago, I mean, there's Jerry is what he is. There's not much upside there to John Jerry. Yeah, he's a serviceable pass blocker, not a very good run blocker. The concern with Schwartz is 340 pounds, and he's talking about foot injuries here. Obviously, had surgery in the off se- uh, last year, late last year, not in the off season. Uh, obviously, he had surgery on that ankle, leg, or whatever you want to call it, and you know it proved to be a problem again here, or, you know, in the middle of this training camp. So the fact that it hasn't completely gone away and 340 pounds on that ankle uh, has you concerned. But does it have us concerned as much as right tackle? Now let's let's move there, James. What do you got? 
Um, no, I listen. I think Marshall Newhouse is probably, if I had to pick a guy, he'd be the guy that you're most concerned about on the offensive line. I would put that concern level at about an eight. Um, but I, I also think that, listen, with Schwartz, Jerry, and Newhouse, they've got three guys and two spots. It's not a great situation to have themselves in, but they at least have some semblance of an option coming down the line. I know Coughlin said yesterday Schwartz played better at guard than he did at tackle in the preseason game. Uh, Jerry also got time at right tackle. So they have options here, but it's just kind of figuring out what the lesser of all evils is. Yeah, they do have options. Like you said there, James, the lesser of the evils. I think the one thing about this position here and those three for the two spots uh, they played the Bengals the first week. That's a good defensive line. They played the Jaguars this past week. I think that's a pretty decent and probably you know getting better on that defensive line over as the years go on. Uh, and then they're going to play the Jets here coming up, and I think that's going to be a great test, especially if Wilkerson gets out there and plays for them. You're not going to find better, you know, many better defensive lines. So uh, it's a good test coming up for whoever's out there, you know, for the, the first half of that game Saturday. Yeah, right. Right tackle is my biggest concern too, though. So it will, let's see. Let's see how it goes. I mean, I have that new house at like an also like uh, James at like an eight. So uh, let's see how they do against that good giant uh, Jets defensive line. I think it will be a good test and sort of give us an idea of how much they're able to scheme around it. I think that's something they're going to be able to do with getting the ball out quickly. We saw it a little bit on. Saturday night against the Jaguars, you know, you say the line played well. That part of that was because Eli was able they they were able to get the ball out of his hands quickly, and that's going to be a key here moving forward. It is. It has to be. I mean, that's and that's what good coaching could do can help out. You know, the weak areas and kind of mask them a little bit here. All right, let's jump to a couple positives from the game against the Jaguars, and really, you know, moving forward here. I mean, I'll give you someone that stood out to me. When I watch these games, I usually, you know, just kind of have a notepad. If someone makes a play, I just write his name down, then I put another check next to his name if I hear it again or see it again. And I was watching this game, and all of a sudden I looked up, you know, in the second half or the beginning of the second half, and I had a whole bunch of check marks next to J.T. Thomas's name, someone I didn't expect to, but I thought he played really well on Saturday, someone who they signed that played for the Jaguars last year, and uh, I liked what I saw. Jordan, how about J.T. Thomas? Yeah, J.T. Thomas was uh, was. Absolutely a stud in that game, but you know the the, pro, the question going forward is how do they motivate him to pretend like every game is against a team that spurned him and didn't want him back? So get him motivated, get him to play like that. I think Giants will like what they see in JT Thomas. I'd agree with that. I mean, you know, he's a guy that he had a big game against the Giants last year. He's with the Jaguars. Now he has a big preseason game uh, with the Giants against the Jaguars. James, has he been showing this in, in practice or is this kind of out of nowhere in the, in the game on Saturday? Uh, no, I, I think he's, he's looked good in practice. You know, obviously he's running with the first team, but I, I was pleasantly surprised that he was so active on, on Saturday night. But as Jordan said, now time will tell. Was this a, I want to get back at the Jaguars thing, or is this going to be a, a progression that we're going to see going forward? All right, each of you guys give me someone that stood out to you. So it was Thomas for me. How about Jordan? Who, who stood out to you that did something positive uh, against the Jaguars? Uh, I'm going to go with, should we go offense or defense? What are we thinking here? Are we, should we do one of each, or are we just doing one overall? Yeah, give me one each. All right, on offense, I liked what I saw from uh, Dwayne Harris as a wide receiver, to be quite honest. I, I think he's making a little push here as a wide receiver. 
and James Jones. So I'll go. Actually, I'm going with one A and one B. Those two guys as wide receivers. I think this is sort of like their push. The two veterans coming along. They're starting to make their mark a little more. You see it in practice, and now we're seeing it out on the field. And with Randall and Cruz down, uh, I think this is big for them. Uh, it does, it's not good for guys like Preston Parker and Corey Washington, but uh, it is good for Dwayne Harris and James Jones. Yeah, you know, that that's a good point. You bring those two up uh, and just the wide receiving core. And, you know, we had a question come in. I'll ask it now because we're on topic with it. I don't want to go away from the point you just made. But um, we had a question come in on Twitter about the wide receiving core because there's a lot of options there. Some of the top guys have you know, a little bit banged up. But you just mentioned some of the guys a little lower on the depth chart that are making some noise here. I mean, how many receivers do you think they're going to take you know, when they go into the regular season with all of the uncertainty they have maybe at the top with Cruz and we'll see if Randall gets himself healthy? I mean, is this a team that's going to take six wide receivers, a seventh guy maybe like Harris that could play special teams? I mean, how, they, how do you think this is going to work out depth chart-wise? I think they're going to take six. Um, yeah, obviously, look, uh, Randall, Cruz, Beckham, uh, and Harris, you know, because they just signed a big free agent deal, they, they're locks. And for the other two, as of now, I just posted a projected 53-man on NJ.com. I think it's Jeremy Davis and James Jones for the last two spots. You know, Preston Parker's just had way too many drops this preseason. And, and Corey Washington, he's just been inconsistent. Um, if I thought Jones played really well on Saturday night. He's making a big push as a veteran presence. And, and Jeremy Davis can play on every special team, and he's also had a really good camp. Yeah, I mean, I would lean towards six, but here's the, here's the caveat to that. If Victor Cruz and Ruben Randall aren't really healthy, you might need a seventh, and you might need, especially early in the season. So that's where I think uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, toe the line here and say, you know, maybe one, maybe both, you know, or the answer just depends on how – healthy those two guys are going into the season and everyone else. I mean, if anyone else suffers an injury or setback here in the next three weeks, uh, that also would change the situation. But I'm going to go with six with a chance at seven. So, Jordan, with that, question. so with that, you, as you mentioned, Cruz and Randall and, and the, maybe some uncertainty around there, you know, if one of those guys isn't ready or has a setback or just isn't going to go in that first game against Dallas, who gets the nod up to that level of the first three receivers? Is it, is it James Jones because of the familiarity and the veteran presence? Is he going to be that next guy? Uh, it depends. Is it Victor Cruz because Victor Cruz plays in the slot? Is it Ruben Randall? He plays on the outside. Uh, if it's Ruben Randall on the outside, I think it's more likely to be a guy like uh, James Jones or Corey Washington if he happens to make it or you know or make the team at that point. Um, if it's in the slot, I would expect it to be Dwayne Harris or if Preston Parker somehow finds his way on the team. So it kind of depends on where, which spot it is. If it's Victor Cruz, it changes it compared to what it's, if it's Ruben Randall. But my two guys would be Dwayne Harris in the slot and James Jones on the outside. Right now, at least, that's, that's, where, I'm, that's where I'm leaning. So there's a chance that, I mean, James Jones wasn't on this team a couple weeks ago, that you know he's going to play a pretty big role here because this whole Randall thing is – I mean, Coughlin said it. What, Coughlin, what word did Coughlin use? Confusing to describe uh, Ruben Randall, James? Yeah, no, I mean, the Randall situation has, has just been really, really odd. You know, he, he went to Cincinnati and his uh, knee tendonitis acted up. And he said, no worries. I've dealt with this since high school. He, as we said last week, he had the strange thing about the changing of the grass affecting his knee. Um, then he doesn't practice in Cincinnati. 
goes to warm up for the preseason game against the Bengals, really struggles through warm-ups, and they still put him out on the field. Three plays later, he hobbles out, and he hasn't practiced since, and it doesn't sound like it's getting any better. So why, you know, obviously it's past the point where you're wondering why they even played him in Cincinnati. Now it's, you know, when is he going to be back? It is a wonder now. I mean, he's a guy, too, that you think about what he did last year when he had the opportunity. I mean, he was up and down, but he did he did put up some numbers. I mean, Randall was a part of the offense last year, and I, I'm sure they're counting on him to be that again. Uh, level of concern, Jordan, with Ruben Randall just health-wise and whatever the heck's going on with, with him that's confusing right now to Tom Coughlin. Yeah, the part of it that's confusing to Tom Coughlin is that he's been able to – this isn't a new thing for Ruben Randall. That they've been able to manage it in the past, keep the swelling down, and you know he'd be able to come play and do do what he whatever it is he does, uh, which is be you know I guess a a qual an average starting NFL wide receiver, which is kind of what we saw last year. Uh, the, the catches and yards kind of inflated a little bit by the number of targets and playing time he received due to injuries to guys around him. But uh, you know he's certainly a player the Giants would love to have as their third guy, but they'd also love to have Victor Cruz as their number two guy. So the fact that Ruben Randall can't get on the field, uh, I, I think the confusing part, Tom Coughlin, should, they should look in the mirror a little bit on that one because uh, they kind of botched it by trying to play him in that preseason game. I just, I, we, I said it before and I'll say it again. I just don't know why they, they threw him in that first preseason game. And uh, we haven't seen him since. So uh, you never know how it would have panned out the other way, but certainly the re- those couple more days of rest that would have probably benefited him. And now we're left and we're all confused. And so you got to be concerned that this is... Because ne- tendonitis isn't something that just completely goes away. It's something that he'll be able to manage maybe, but it won't completely go away. So my level of concern on this is fairly high. I'd say, you know, a good six and a half. Well, then the depth they have is going to have to come in handy there because they might need it. Uh, with Randall. So we've talked about uh, JT Thomas, a couple of receivers. James, for you, who stood out in that game to the Jaguars when you were watching it there at the stadium and maybe watching it back or, or writing on NJ.com? Who was the guy or a couple players that you just said, oh, you know, that, that guy played pretty well? Well, on defense, I'll start with a guy who I think is sort of, he's having a little surge, a little moment right now. Um, Devin Unga, linebacker. Um, and especially since, you know, he is a middle linebacker and we've got the uncertainty with Beeson. And as we talked about McLean earlier, he just, he's a week back from a neck injury. Um, Unga's had a really good couple weeks at camp. He, you know, Coughlin said he was very aggressive, very physical. He flies all over the place. Um, and he's a guy who I think is really making a push right now to, uh, to make this team. And on offense, I mean, I kind of copycat Jordan, but I, I thought James Jones played really, really well. And I think that, you know, when he... Aside from that drop. Aside from that drop, yes. He, he did have the drop, but... Would have been short of a first down, I think, anyway, though. Sure, but, you know, that James, when James Jones got signed by the Giants, I think a lot of people thought he was just a dude here and, you know, sort of some veteran leadership, and then he'd be gone by the time the season started. But now I think he's got to be a favorite to make the team. Yeah, I don't think fans thought that. Fans thought James Jones was going to come in and, and be a thousand-yard receiver if you listen to Twitter. Yeah. And <laughs> true. But, uh, uh, you know, James Jones, the, the reason that signing kind of you were, you know, curious of where that fit in if he had a real role here is because he's kind of a similar player to what Ruben Randall they were expecting to have. But with, if Ruben Randall is injured and this thing kind of lingers or it even uh, – uh, affects his explosiveness moving forward, then, you know, James Jones makes a lot of sense here. 
Uh, he could fill that role. He'd be a good number three if if Cruz is healthy. And I always continue to keep saying that if Cruz is healthy because uh, we just really don't know. So, uh, but James Jones would be in that would be a role that he can fill, and they know he could fill it, and he could do his thing. He's a veteran. He's not explosive, but at the same time, he's crafty. He knows how to get open. He knows how to make plays. He's not going to light it up, and I don't think he quite has the upside. Of, he, well, he definitely doesn't have the upside right now that Ruben Randall does, uh, but good enough to fill that role, and I think he now, after that performance, becomes the lead guy to fill that role. I would agree. I'd right. agree with that, and he, he might play a big role as this season goes along. As, you know, he knows the offense. He knows McAdoo, so that could only help him here. Let's go to some uh, you know, social, you mentioned social media there, Drew. Let's go to some Facebook and Twitter questions. Uh, this one I, I found interesting because it's just so opposite of what we've seen from the Giants recently. Jay on Facebook said, could this be that the Giants special teams unit is a strength? Josh Brown, five for five field goals, and we know he's a good kicker. But then the return game has looked, I think, pretty decent the first two weeks uh, in the games. I mean, is this going to be a year? We'll go to James here first. Do you think this is going to be a good special teams unit? Sometimes it's hard to, to gauge that until we get to the games, but the Giants for years have been you know, either just okay on special teams or below average for a while now. No, I, I think they have the ability to be a, a, you know, a good special teams unit, but I would say that you know, when, you, when fans think special teams, they think about kicker, punter. You know, obviously, Steve Weatherford was bothered by injuries last year. It looks like he's healthy this year. But you know, the bigger special teams are, you know, can the kickoff team cover? Can the punt the punt team have a good net punt yardage? Can, can they return? And uh, you know, so far I, I think they've shown that, and I think Dwayne Harris adds a dimension to that. But you know, it, it's tough. You know, I don't think they really have had the starting you know punt return team out there a whole lot in these preseason games. Yeah, I mean, look, they invested in it, and uh, Tom Quinn was talking the other day, and he kind of conceded that hey, they put a lot of money and in investment in the punt team and the punt return team. So that's the key here. Can those units get better? They've been bad the last couple of years. Uh, and I think when we see the final roster, you're going to see that those are – there's a major concentration on those two areas, and uh, the Giants are looking to make sure that those units are greatly improved. They have to be. I'm not sure if they're going to be. We'll see. But uh, they certainly invested in those players, and there's no excuse for it not to be. No, they did. I mean, when you spend money and you try to improve that part of the roster, you expect returns on it. We'll start seeing it uh, when the season starts. Joe chimed in on Twitter and asked about the progression during training camp. Start to, you know, the start of training camp to where they are right now as the third week of the preseason is upon us and they get ready for a game against the Jets. Uh, Jordan, have the Giants improved? That was the question. Have the Giants improved in your eyes from the start of training camp to right now? Ah. Uh... Yeah, you know, slightly. I don't think they're greatly improved. They they might know the system a little better. The defense, to me, is still a mess. Uh, there's so many uncertainties and uh, unsettled spots on that defense still that I'm not sure the defense is at that point where they're a lot better. I think the offense is better. The, the Victor Cruz and Ruben Randall stuff, until we see them on the field playing in games and that they're healthy, that's going to you know be the – a real difference maker here. But I think the offense has made some strides. They've looked way better this summer, exponentially better than they did last year when they were learning that offense. And Eli Manning was throwing, you know, 
multiple interceptions every single day at practice. You just don't see that this year. The offense looks pretty good in practice. They look like they have their act together. Oh, I almost uh, fell as I was talking there, but sorry about that. Don't get hurt, Jordan. We can't, yeah. we can't have another I'm guy down. I'm so animated that I almost got hurt talking on a podcast. That would have been a first. That would have actually been embarrassing. But, uh, yeah, you know, the offense, I'd say, is better. The defense, I'd say, is pretty much in the same spot. And uh, the special teams is TBD, you know. It's hard to tell with the special teams because of the amount that they mix guys in and out. So we'll see on that one. James, are they better than when you first saw them? Has this Giants team improved in your eyes the last couple of weeks, or have they stagnated because of the injuries, just everything going on? I'll probably echo what Jordan said. I think they're a little bit better, but there's it, not really any hard evidence I can bring you to say this team is better than they were three weeks ago or this team is worse than they were three weeks ago. You know, it, it's kind of hard to tell. We'll know for sure on September 13th. How's that for an answer? That sounds you. I mean, you're right. And we'll, we'll yeah. start to really know the answer to these questions September 13th. All right, we have the Jets coming up, the third preseason game uh, of the of the preseason. I mean, this is this is the dress rehearsal for the regular season. So, how much stock are you guys? We'll end with this. How much stock, Jordan, do you put in what you see on Saturday night, or is or is there still time after that for the Giants a couple weeks before Dallas? to get their act together. Basically, if they don't play well against the Jets, is it really time to worry, or are you on the belief that they they have time past that game to settle themselves down? If they let Ryan Fitzpatrick go down the field on four or five drives and score on every drive, you should throw up that red flag as high as you could possibly throw it up because it's going to be a tough early part of the season for the uh, New York Giants defense, which I think it might be anyway. So there is a lot on the line for that defense. They've got to play better. They have to make plays. They have to be able to get off the field. I think this, is a, this will be a good indicator of sort of where they are defensively, especially with the Jets, with Ryan Fitzpatrick as their quarterback. This isn't a great quarterback. They've got to show that they can at least make some plays. The offense, I'm not overly concerned about either way. You'd like to see them do a little bit more passing. It'll let you sleep a little easier at night. But I think anything with the offense, uh, aside from their offensive line just being an utter disaster, I think is manageable and stuff that can be ironed out and fixed before the start of the regular season. Look, we've seen before the, the preseason isn't always an accurate indicator of what you're going to see in the regular season. I think two years ago, Phillip Rivers in the Chargers offense was an utter disaster. He threw 32 touchdowns, 35 touchdowns, and like 11 interceptions or something. So... The offensive side, I don't think is that big a deal. Like I said before, the defense is bigger to me because they got to make strides and they have to show that improvement that, as we were talking about before, we haven't really seen so much yet because they're installing a new system, uh, installing new plays, trying to find starters at a lot of spots, and we really need to get some of those settled. Actually, you know, actually, if you think about it, you need to figure out who's going to be your starting safety tandem by the end of this game. You need to figure out who's going to be, how you're going to handle those defensive ends. You're going to have to decide whether Cullen Jenkins, that, that experiment at defensive end, which I don't think has been going very well, you're going to stick with that, and if not, how you're going to progress moving forward. So the defense has a lot of unanswered questions that I think will have, that I think the Jets game will have a lot of bearing on it. It will really be indicative of where this defense is headed early in the season. James, for you, as we wrap up episode 20 of Talk is Cheap here on NJ.com, third preseason game, dress rehearsal for the regular season. How much stock are you putting into whatever we do see coming up this week against the Jets? 
I think it really depends on who's out there. You know, if the offense goes out there and Victor Cruz and Ruben Randall play and they, they play pretty well, then you you got to feel good. If they don't play well, I mean, as George said, you're not panicking, but, you know, I think it becomes a little bit more of a concern once that A team is out there. And yeah, it's defense, Cruz's first game back, though, so we have to keep that in reminder, too. Like, it's, you know, you, you don't... He's not going to come back and, and be great. You know, the old no. Victor Cruz in his first game back, that's almost unrealistic. No, but I, I just meant, you know, if, if all three, the top three receivers are out in the field and Eli goes 4-14 again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying we have to, the Cruz yeah. expectations, yes. so we have to we yes. have to temper for, for this game, and especially if he is even available to play, because this will yeah, be his first I mean. game back since that, that knee injury. I mean, whatever Cruz makes is return to the field, it's just, as long as he gets through it healthy, I think that's a good thing for the Giants. Yeah, and exactly. for the defense, Jordan's right. they got to figure out a lot of things, and especially at safety. You know, Berhey and Collins are going to practice. The whole pass view that they can play in the game, because if they can't play in the game and the Giants are running out Jeremy Miles and Justin Haley potentially is the starting safeties. Or Brandon Merriweather. Brandon Merriweather. Not much of a No. So, I mean, you know, if that's the case, then I don't think you can take anything from it. But if Collins and Bearhead can play, then I think they can they can learn something. Yeah, and we'll start. Well, I mean, we'll, the learning will continue for all of us as we watch this thing and watch the Giants try to get healthy as we get close to the regular season. So this is it. A dress rehearsal comes up on Saturday night. A big week for the Giants. They try to get healthy. James and Jordan will be following it. Follow them on Twitter. Follow them on NJ.com. Make sure you're keeping up with all of our coverage. And we'll be back next week, guys, to do this again, episode 21 next week. And uh, we will have the dress rehearsal in the books and probably, you would think, a better feel for what this team is, you know, not too far away from the season opener in Dallas. So this is a big week for the Giants. Yeah, definitely. Big week. We look forward to it. Let's, let's see what happens. We'll come back next time. And we'll have, uh, hopefully, a more accurate depiction of what this team is going to be like week one come come Dallas. Hey, Snoopy Bowl 5. Got to be excited. Yeah, you're, you're darn right. You do have to be excited. Everyone, thank you for listening to Talk is Cheap right here on NJ.com. Remember, find us on iTunes, on Stitcher. You can subscribe there and get every episode of our podcast, which, of course, will continue throughout the entire regular season for the New York Giants. For James, for Jordan, uh, I'm Joe, and this has been Episode 20 of Talk is Cheap, a New York Giants podcast on NJ.com.